Hello there, I'm Patrick Strofe. Welcome to M&A Masters, where I speak with the leading experts in mergers and acquisitions. And we're all about one thing here, that's a clean exit for owners, founders, and their investors. Today I'm joined by Samir Shaw of Servant Ventures. Servant Ventures is the premier Silicon Valley-based pre-Series A venture capital firm focused on enterprise technology. They fill the critical gap between angel investors and traditional VC firms. Prior to joining Servant Ventures, Samir was founder of Zephyr, a software testing firm which he successfully sold. So Samir has been on both the seller side and the buyer slash investor side of a deal. His experiences led to the development of a list of eight one-liners, simple, intuitive rules that owners and founders should take to heart. Samir has presented these one-liners to multiple audiences here in Silicon Valley, and I've asked him to share them with us today. Samir, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining me. Oh, thanks for having me. So to give people some context about this, why don't you tell us what led you to this point in your career with Servant Ventures? Absolutely. Well, I, I got my master's at Alabama, the University of Alabama, Roll Tide. And I've been working in the Valley for the last 20, 25 years at various different companies. Uh, About 12 years ago, I started my own company called Zephyr, uh, where we did software test management in the cloud. And uh, it actually turned out to be Servant Ventures' first investment when they started off. Um, Had run this for 10 years successfully. I sold it to a private equity firm was on the board for a couple of years and then resold that to a strategic, um, after which I uh, got uh, uh, my exec MBA from the Stanford GSB, and now I'm an operating partner at Seven Ventures. So you've gone from founder to now uh, successful investor and looking at looking at companies uh, from two perspectives, not just one. So why don't we go ahead and start with your one-liners one by one. And for our audience out there who may be driving or multitasking, uh, we will have a list of these one-liners in the show notes as well. So sit back and enjoy listening to Samir and uh, know that we'll have a list of these for you later. Fantastic. Thanks, Patrick. So um, let's get started. My first one, and, and this is something that I see uh, in, in our portfolio companies, and this is something that I ask every founder should ask of themselves. And that is, is that a feature, a product, or a company? So when they think of their ideas, and they think of doing something, they've got to seriously ask themselves that question. Is this a feature, a product, or a company? I've seen a lot of founders coming from large companies that want to solve a problem. And, and what, what they end up looking at is saying, oh, you know what, if I just add this thing, then people are going to buy. Well, it turns out to be more of a feature rather than a product that somebody would give you money for or something that you can build a company off of. My, my professor at Stanford used to say, do a pre-mortem, not a post-mortem, a pre-mortem of potential failure and successes about your idea in the future. And if the answer is no, this isn't working, then go back to the drawing board. So remember, ask yourself this very, very candidly. Is this a feature, a product, or a company? Very consistent with uh, another bit of advice that I heard is kind of like that, where you say, begin with the end in mind. 
picture, picture what your end, right. end point is and, and, and go from there and stuff. Fantastic. Right. So let's go to the second one. The second one says, and, and, and this is something I take to heart. Um, if it's not making a dollar, it's a hobby, right? Fundamentally, if it's not making a dollar, it's a hobby because you've got to get to revenue fast, as fast as you can. Else, what's going to end up happening is you'll fall in love with your startup. You'll want to make it perfect. So you'll keep iterating and iterating and iterating. You won't be able to really sell anything. And before you know it, it's become a hobby. So if it's not making a dollar, remember, it's a hobby. One clarification I want to ask on that point is if it's making a dollar, does that mean it has to be profitable or is it just you're just getting some kind of revenue in period? Oh, no, no, no. You should just try to get some revenue going because once you get revenue going, it changes everything in your world. And I, it, this is something that I'm going to talk about a little further along. But what that helps you do is, is validate your idea. You know people are going to pay money for this. Um, and, and you know you're on the right path, however little revenue you're making. But if you never get it in the hands of your users, your customers, if it's not making any money, then it really is just something you're tinkering with. Okay, so you can't have it sitting on the drawing board in perpetuity. Gotcha. Exactly, exactly. The next one's a, a little hokey, but bear with me, right? And and that is, it rains dollars when their hair's on fire. And and what I mean by that is you've got to find that use case that will get them to open up their pocketbooks, right? How do you get to that that revenue fast? Well, product market fit, for sure, but real revenue. And, and sustainable, sustainable revenue, not the early adopter, pre-chasm kind of revenue, comes from use cases where your customer's hair is on fire. And when that happens, oh boy, go out and buy an umbrella because it's going to start raining dollars at this point. So yeah, it rains dollars when their hair's on fire. So the key here is to find out when you're meeting a need and then make that a case study or, or find some way to get the word out that if if you're in this situation, we have the solution. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Fantastic. And the next one is uh, don't sell, make them buy. Now, what you have to do here is you have to figure out how you don't have to sell something to them, to your customers, because that's bloody hard. Um, but make it such that they really want it. Build something that they want to buy, right? This ain't no field of dreams, right? You've got to, you've got to, it sounds easy, but it's difficult. Um, so make whatever it is that you are, are building, make it easy to find, make it easy to try, make it easy to buy. And, and, and they will flock to you. You won't have to sell to them anymore. That could be a real challenge, I think, particularly in software, where you have to overcome legacy systems or or issues like that. Um, what's your recommendation there? Uh, I've, I've seen a lot of changes happen in the way people are buying software these days, right? They they mm -hmm. really don't want that high pressure sales situation where people are hounding them. They want to do this at their own pace. So make sure you have all the right channels available for them to self-serve, for them to be nurtured, for them to reach out and, and get themselves to a point where they are a lot more amenable to buy 
then by a salesperson hounding them on, hey, you got to get this, you got to get this, you got to get this, right? So there's a plethora of, of channels these days that you can deploy to make sure that your customers get to that stage. But, you know, end of the day, it all boils down to what your product is, what your service is. I mean, if, 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 it, is, if it is killer, if it's something that uh, is, uh, going back to the previous one, where, you know, there's a hair on fire use case, they're going to come to you. Gotcha. Cool. So then the next one I have is, is actually a simple one. It makes obvious sense, but it's, it's one good salesperson. It's transformative. One good salesperson will transform your business. Just one. You may have a whole bunch of them or just one, but if you have a really good one, it becomes transformative. And what I mean by that is they will be able to sell. Everybody will start believing in the company. You will you'll get some sales going. You'll, you'll get confidence amongst your team that, you know what, what we are building really will go out there and sell. You can start putting a repeatable sales model behind behind this person, and and everything changes once this happens. So, what that getting that one good salesperson in really changes the game. I've seen this happen over and over and over again. And for most companies, probably your first salesman is going to be the founder. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> there can be no better salesperson than the person who came up with the idea, who's working very hard. And can and and you'll you'll see they have the most passion and they'll be the most believable uh, amongst all the salespeople that you have. But okay, you also great. got to get to a point where you can't be the only salesperson in your company, otherwise you won't be able to scale. But that's those are more growth-related uh, issues. This is when you are right here at the beginning. Uh, you got to get that one really good salesperson. Gotcha. The next one is actually, I think, probably the most important one, and it's something that I would stick to my mirror so that I would look at it every morning before I left home. Just three words, really, really simple, and they are revenue changes everything. Let me repeat. Revenue changes everything. It changes the way the board and your investors look at your business. It changes how your team starts to feel about what they're doing. It changes how your salespeople start believing and the swagger and confidence they have. It changes everything. Because remember, this is a business. This is a software business. And, and this is a little pet peeve of mine. Sometimes I want to tell founders to, you know, instead of saying, hey, I'm the founder of a startup or the CEO of a startup company, I, I want them to say, I'm the founder or, or CEO of a software business. I know it's semantics, but it's an attitude shift towards revenue, profitability, and growth. The word startup, that I'm a CEO of a startup, the connotations are I'm going to try out something, I'm going to raise money, I'm going to get fancy offices, I'm going to do all of this stuff. When you say I'm the CEO of a software business, then you're going to start thinking growth, revenue, profitability, and everybody starts to think of this as a real business. So revenue really changes everything. I think that also is key because it, it, it's a completely different mindset when you go from a survival mode to, okay, we are beyond survival now. We're thriving now. How can we thrive more? What, what a difference that shift is in perception, both inside and outside of firm. Yeah, totally. Totally is. So the next one is, is, uh, is a little interesting. And I, if, you, if you will visualize this with me for a second, 
uh, a leaky bucket will kill your business. And and what I mean by that is your business, think of it as a metal bucket. And customers are pouring in from the top. You're successful, revenue is increasing, all is well. And then suddenly you you spring a leak at the bottom of your bucket. And it's the feature leak, right? So you don't have certain features. You just lost a few customers because of that. Then a buggy leak, you've got bugs. And then a competitor leak, then a pricing leak, then a relationship leak. And pretty soon, more starts leaking out than what's coming in from the top. And that'll kill your business. So take care of that. A leaky bucket's gonna kill your business. If you don't uh, want yeah. that. So you really have to watch those small things, which as revenue's coming in, it's easy to overlook. Uh, a little thing here, a little thing there, because, well, we got a little revenue so that it's offsetting that little loss, but what you're saying is they add up. Absolutely. Recurring revenue, churn, extremely important things. So start worrying about from day one, as soon as you close that first customer, you've got to keep worrying about how else can I sell more to them? How else can I, how, how can I make sure that I keep them, right? And, and 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 they don't churn because these things are gonna kill your business for the downstream. You're gonna be all excited initially, but these are the things that that become super important uh, downstream. Gotcha. So so continuing with this whole water theme, I have I don't know why I have this water theme. <laughs> continuing with the water theme, the next one, my final one, is that always go back to the well. There's more there, and it's almost free. And, and and what I mean by that is is grow that customer, land and expand, increase your ACVs with that customer because it's a beautiful thing, right? You delight your customers enough so that you can go back to them and sell them more stuff. It's so much cheaper selling to them, quote unquote, selling to them after you made your first sale into them and so much easier. So go back to that well, right? There's more there. And your customer acquisition costs are so low that it's it almost feels like it's free. And that's it helps with not only recurring revenue but just the the opportunity costs saved because somebody who's already trusted you with their with their business and more importantly with their money uh, is a is a lower threshold of trust to go ahead and spend more money on you if you've got more services or more offerings for them. Yeah, absolutely. Well put. Yeah, it's exactly what it is. All right. Um, with with Servant Ventures, now, you guys are in the enterprise space. What do you look for? Yeah, so Servant Ventures, we are a leading seed uh, enterprise venture fund where what we are doing is we are discovering and funding first-time entrepreneurs uh, up to a Series A, and and we help shape their journey from zero to 10 million uh, uh, in, in, in revenue. So our focus, a very strong philosophical focus on operational support, business rigor. There are five of us in the partnership and all of us are, are operators. We've either started companies, we've funded them, we've run them, we've grown them. So we really understand what it takes to go through that that entire journey, we empathize with these founders and CEOs, and uh, that's what we focus on in in our portfolio companies. Uh, typically, B two B software um, focused on infrastructure, vertical SaaS, DevOps tools. That's where we, we uh, that's our sweet spot. 
where it's all moving. This is where you've got these these one-liners. You you put them into practical use with uh, benefiting your portfolio companies. Absolutely, day in and day out. Fantastic. Um, let's see here. One other thing, Samir, um, with our uh, audience out there, I'm sure somebody's going to uh, want to reach out to you. How can people find you? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, well, our website is uh, www.serveinventures.com. That's spelled C-E-R, V as in Victor, I-N, ventures.com. And they can always email me. I'm Samir at serveinventures.com. That's S-A-M as in Mary, I-R, at serveinventures.com. Please feel free to reach out to me. I answer every email. So that's that's the best way. Very easy thing. Well, Samir, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. And as I said before, we will have these eight one-liners available on, on the podcast notes, but I would also encourage you to reach out to Samir at Servant Ventures, and I'm sure he can give you more insight into your particular issues to see how any of these might, might apply to you. Samir, thank you very much. Fantastic. Thank you, Patrick. Appreciate it.